The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. And we're back here and analyze this our number two on Friday the 14th okay October 2022 we just had Devin Carrington here uh, on the candidate speak represent himself uh, well and hopefully we'll get a similar high level uh, interview right from uh, Senator Marvin Bladen a four term senator from the district of um, St. Thomas He's a leading vote getter in 2014-2016 and, and all that stuff. So we're looking forward to everything. Now check this out, right? The COVID numbers, like they say in St. Thomas, right? Another excellent sample based on data made available by Department of Health. Uh, yesterday afternoon, 253 negatives, 5 positives, 50.6 to 1 ratio. We'll take that any day. Okay? And uh, of the five positives, four on St. Croix, one on St. Thomas, none on St. John, which is excellent because they do significant testing on Wednesday. That's part of the Thursday sample. And um, zero positives on St. John. They got two actives on St. John right now, 15 on St. Thomas, 28 on St. Croix for a total of 45 territory-wide. So we're going through a very good window here uh, in the Virgin Islands with respect to um, our COVID template at this particular point. And that was a topic of discussion again last night, and I'm glad to see um, the, gov- the governor receive his props from his, his challenger. Um, as a matter of fact, that was actually highlighted by the moderator where he mentioned that at a function, the, <clears throat> the challenger... Kurt Vialet, as finance chair uh, committee at a function, gave the governor his propers um, with respect to managing the pandemic. And I'm here to tell you, you know, they may have made some mistakes in between and all that stuff. But in general, from March of 2020 to present, if anybody say the administration, particularly the Department of Health, didn't do a very good to excellent job managing the pandemic, then they're understating the job that was done. Now, of course, you know, we've been fortunate. Half the population has no contact with the other half because of water. St. Croix, 40,000. St. Thomas, 40,000. St. John, 3,000, whatever it is, right? But the reality is 40-plus thousand in both islands. Um, you know, they did an excellent job, man. And I've always said this. And, uh, and the public as well, you know, buying into um, all of the protocols and all that stuff. So take a bow to the audience and, of course, the administration because it was your responsibility. It came under your leadership and, you know, you handled it. So you did a good job there. Yesterday was a brilliant day in the marketplace, okay? The Dow was up 827.87 points, 2.83% closing at 30,038.72. NASDAQ up 2.23%. S&P 500 up 2.60%. Russell 2000 up 2.41%. And this on a day when 
inflation held steady at 8.2 percent, you know, compared to last year. You know, <clears throat> you know, there's something that I I'm going to ask of um, everybody, right? Educate yourself to the best of your ability and what really going on around you and around us, right? Don't allow a Neville James or anybody to tell you how to view things. I am merely giving my perspective, right? And um, the reason why I, I, I'm saying this now when I'm talking about, you know, the, the, the Wall Street numbers and all that stuff is because, and inflation, you would think the way a lot of our leaders talk that what America is dealing with now is isolated and limited to America. We have gone through a decades-long dumbing down of our people for political benefit that we really need to start rejecting, right? And, you know, that's why, you know, when you heard me, the latter part of me, when we had, when we had that, when there was this shooting in Uvalde, when all of our, those, our young children in Uvalde, Texas, and I said, oh, because, you know, we're all one. Your check was slaughtered, um, you know, and I, 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 you know, was a little extreme, or I was using extreme terminology by by saying that, you know, we, we've been perpetrating a fraud in America as this civilized society, and we're having these mass shootings because 10 days before, or whatever, how many days it was, they had the shooting in Boston, in Buffalo. And we brought this topic topic up on the on the, um, the table talk. You know, we can't be bragging about how we want to be the world's keeper when we were having mass shootings all over the place. Then they had another one in, in Southern California. And it's it's a microcosm of the dumb and dumb of us by having elected officials mislead the people, not tell them the factual um, realities, spin. And it happens on both sides and even independence. Nobody's immune from it. And I am asking you, right, to reject that. Right? Educate yourself to the best of your ability. Right? Ask questions. So that when these when, when they spin in, you could identify spin and you know leave it leave it spin. Because that's all they're doing. I know this one young lady who was working for NBC, um, and she's you know, she's no longer at NBC Sports and she's doing her thing, she's in politics now. And all she's doing is just you know, playing that spin game. And it's unfortunate that it's come to that, you know. Uh, but um, it is what it is. And uh, the way to counter spin is to be educated. And uh, hopefully, you know, we could, um, you know, do what we have to do uh, to make sure that, uh, you know, when they try that spin, um, you know, that ain't going to work. Go check. So, you know, and they spin the walk when we... You know, allow people to to try it, and 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 we're not going to have it. We we got the senator uh, on the line, so you know we're gonna we're gonna start the the, the conversation. All it's a forty minute deal, so I watch my clock here. Um, so when we get to nine oh eight straight up, I gonna reach out to the senator to let you know that the clock uh, has started. So we're talking. Uh, uh, we had Mr. Devin Carrington, candidate number ten. Let me get number. Uh, let me get um, this candidate number here, and we got the list here. I believe he's number four. Let me check and see here before I 
formally bring him out. Yeah, yeah, he's number four uh, on the ballot. That's um, Senator Marvin Bladen. So uh, I'd like to welcome to the candidate speak um, Senator Marvin Bladen, number four on the St. Thomas, St. John senatorial ballot. Good morning, Senator. How are you? Welcome to the candidate speak. Thank you so much, Neville. Nice to hear from you again, man. I'm number four for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. We, look, we had a good interview in hour number one with candidate Devin Carrington, who was the uh, commissioner of Licensing Consumer Affairs. Actually, started there the same time you became a senator. So, 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 so let's, and, and of course, you know, analyze this. You know, we keep things at a high level, so let's try to keep this conversation, this interview at a high level, uh, same way. So how you been, Senator? How's everything? I've been blessed, man. I mean, everything just, um, you know, everything comes into place. I'm, I'm out in the community as usual doing my thing and basically staying on the grind. But everything is everything, everything is good. Good. Introduce, yeah. reintroduce yourself again. Tell them your name, who you are, for those who may be hearing you for the first time. Um, candidate number four from the senatorial, uh, on the senatorial ballot in St. Thomas, St. John. Definitely okay. Um, good morning to the... Listening audience, and thank you, um, Neville, for having me, on, having me on the show once again. My name is Marvin Blyden, your senatorial candidate running for re-election in the 35th legislature. I am number four on the ballot. Uh, my slogan is your choice for solutions because I believe there's a solution to every problem, but you have to basically do the work, follow up, follow through, and really want to make a difference in this community. And that is who I am. That's my DNA. And... I'm solution-driven. I think I'll have the box. And I'm a team player. I have an open-door policy. I work well with everyone. And that's who I am. I come from humble beginnings. That's, that's me. Lighting. You got it. Um, let, let, uh, uh, here's the deal, Senator. The incumbents, they got different set of questions because I got a record that I go defend. Okay, so I just wanted to, to let it be known that the general questions that we ask non-incumbents about subject areas, we tend yeah. to we tend to ask uh, the incumbents what have you done with respect to that and what have you said uh, to uh, to address the areas of needs. Okay, so I just want to let that let that be known. Now with, with you, we're gonna start with 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 uh, housing because you, I believe, have chaired uh, that committee um, throughout yes. your ter throughout your tenure as a senator. Yes, 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 sir. Okay, so yes, sir. so 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 now we go apply the whip with you, Senator. The, uh, the governor has admitted, the administration has admitted that where housing is concerned, specifically in the aftermath of Hurricane Irma, with, with the uh -huh. devastation on St. Thomas and Hurricane Maria, more devastation on St. Croix, and additional devastation on St. Thomas, because Iowa already impacted over there, right? With Irma, yeah. right? That they have not delivered since they took office in January of 2019. And in fairness to them, they're admitting that, right? Um, mm -hmm. w why do you think we haven't delivered with respect to home construction? I believe the, the name of the program is the Envision Program and Restoration mm -hmm. of Apartments and things of that nature, given all of this money that was made available to the people of the Virgin Islands through HUD and all that stuff. And Neville, you know me, I'm going to keep it real. I'm going to be very honest with you. I could tell you exactly why <laughs> it, um, the, it, the authority have not delivered. There are several reasons why. The first reason, the first reason, and the most important reason, is that some of the employees that are there, especially the ones who head the program, they are not aggressive enough. They are not 
to me, they don't have enough empathy to understand the impact of what's happening here in the territory. And as a result of that, it trickled down to some of the staff. And honestly, the work is not being done what should be done. Uh, many times it's not being done in a timely fashion where they are losing funds. Um, some of the funds are going back um, to the federal government, especially like right now since we have those hurricanes, we are going to lose more funds. And until unless they understand their mission and why they are there in terms of assuring that these funds and programs are implemented in a timely fashion, I do know um, part of what here, they did what they had to do, and I'm telling you, we're going to have some issues moving forward because the, the agency, is on, they're not doing the mandate in terms of timelines, in terms of the programs, carrying out the duties. It's not happening the way it should. I just, I'm just going to go there. No, it's not happening the way it should, and it's causing a ripple effect throughout the community and for our residents on a larger scale. And a matter of fact, when after the hurricane, before the federal government even tried to implement any of the federal program, I had brought legislation to bring forth a moratorium. I brought legislation to assist with many other areas before the federal government even did that. But at the same time, when you sit at the table with these individuals, they don't adhere or listen to what you're telling them based on your expertise and your experience. But at the same time, when stuff happens, you know, they come back and say, well, you know, uh, we, we should have, could have, would have, but it's too late. And it's affecting many folks. Let, As a matter of fact... Hold, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Let, 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 let me speak to this specific point um, that they have been using since the impact of the storms and all this money being available. They claim we don't have capacity and also uh, on the ground, we have a shortage, a shortage of contractors. Is this position accurate, number one? And number two, what can we do legislatively to help address these shortcomings? I honestly, honestly, like I say, I'm on the grind. I'm involved in the process on a regular. I meet with them on a regular. I give <laughs> advice. Bring in contractors, bring in investors who can build two, three hundred homes at a time, who have the track record, and they don't even attempt want to meet with them. So that's not true. That's not factual based on my personal experiences with the agency. In addition to that, when it comes to contractors, the contractors we have right now that's on board, the reason why we are seeing not much result because many of them have not been paid or are not being paid and or in terms of change, other than what's going on on the ground, they don't get it because, as a matter of fact, they put out a bid for whatever. And by the time... Um, the bid come through, everything has changed because it's two, three, four months on the line. So what, what's going to happen? They're going to need change order. And they are like, no, we can't do change order because this is what we, we bid on. So there's issues, there's challenges with the system, with the structure. And until or unless they correct those, it ain't nothing happening. I'm, I'm a builder by trade. I'm a, that's what I do. So I understand the process. But those in charge need to understand the process and how it works because you need to know, to know everything, and you, many times they don't. And that's the problem they have, and they're running into issues on a regular basis. So, no, I do not agree with that. Um, yes, we can use more contractors, of course. There's a shortage all around. But at the same time, to have only 16 homes completed, that's unacceptable. Okay. And we have contractors who can do 16 homes in seven months. What, what, about, not, what, 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 what about the bureaucracy defense, where they were blaming the federal government um, for making it too difficult for us, too cumbersome a process for the local government to move forward. Um, I, I think there's some legitimacy to that, but what is your take on that, sir? 
like I said, there, there, there is legit some, some truth to that, but at the same time, despite that, despite that, if they do all the other things they should be doing, we, we can get around that. There's, there, let me tell you, right, one thing with, about HUD. I worked for HUD for 21 years, okay? I worked at a HUD for 21 years on the HUD. And many times they, they implemented policies that did not align with what we were doing here because we are territory. And many times I fought back, explained, met, went to Puerto Rico, did what I had to do as the person in charge, and guess what? They, 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 they say, no, you know, you're right. Let's change this policy because we did not understand. Thank you. That's how that's what HUD does. As a matter of fact, I can tell you with several policies since the pandemic that HUD brought, HUD brought in for the HUD authority, and we've pushed back. I pushed back my office in several instances, and they, they agreed with us and changed the policy. So I do not believe when it comes to any federal government, especially HUD. HUD works with you, but you have to be the one to fight, explain, expound, and show them why the policy should be changed. That is your job. You don't say, okay, no, we are territory. We are different. Everything is shipped in here. We need to be treated differently. And as a person in charge, that is your responsibility. So Along with the board. So to, okay, so, so to, so to crystallize this matter, because we'll hit that break in a little while, to crystallize this matter, you're saying in spite of the obstacles, we had avenues that we could have been productive with respect to our home um, construction and redevelopment? Definitely. Definitely. Of course. Of course. Of course, we did. Okay. And we we no. still do, but like I said, you know, it's, it's a lot going on in that space. It's a lot going on in that space, a lot. Okay. And okay. we well, have some work to do. Well, that's, that, that's, a, that's a good uh, foundation uh, for, for, for the, the interview. Uh, well, we're going to head to a break. Uh, the, 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 there's uh, an issue with respect to WAPA, right, and the, and the energy crisis that is real and that all candidates are asked uh, to expound on, so I want to get your take on that because you've been there for eight years now. You've, you, um, and the Vital uh, deal, which was a big item, and and, and the debate last night uh, came up. So you're acutely aware of what we're dealing with, uh, with respect to energy and how it's impacting um, a quality of life throughout the Virgin Islands, in particular in St. Thomas, where you had some issues as well. We got uh, Senator Marvin Blyden, uh, senatorial candidate number four. Um, for uh, uh, to be a member of the 35th legislature uh, on the ballot. Uh, we'll take a break and we'll be back right after this. Award-winning documentaries and specials, the BBC World Service brings you in-depth reporting and unique perspectives. Programs with a distinctive global flavor from the BBC World Service. Starting at 2 a.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1. Funding for the BBC World Service comes from First Bank. First Bank's digital bank offers check deposits, bill pay, transfers, and more from anywhere 24-7. More at onefirstbank.com. El sistema de elecciones de las Islas Vírgenes lo está haciendo más fácil para que tú formes parte de nuestro equipo por medio de nuestro programa de voluntarios. Estamos en busca de personas buenas como tú que puedan proveer a cada votante el apoyo que necesitan para que efectivamente puedan participar en el proceso de votación. 
puede comenzar recogiendo y completando la aplicación para voluntarios de cualquiera de nuestras oficinas en el territorio. Usted puede servir como monitor. También tienes la opción de convertirte en un facilitador, asegurando que los votantes que están votando por primera vez, los envejecientes y la comunidad de deshabilitados puedan votar con confidencia y acertadamente. Si tienes el tiempo y estás dispuesto a servir, hay un lugar para ti. Solo inscríbete. Si quieres más información, llama al 340-773-1021. Y recuerda, el votar no es solo su derecho, es lo correcto hacer. The VI Energy Office and the University of the Virgin Islands Caribbean Green Technology Center are hosting the first VI Energy Fair. There will be outdoor live demonstrations, interactive workshops, and leaders from the community will be on site to discuss what the territory is doing to reduce energy costs. The fair will be held at the UVI campuses from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. on St. Thomas on October 15th and on St. Croix on October 30th. For more information about the energy fair, cgtc-usvi.org forward slash energy fair. And we're back here and analyze this. The candidate speak, and we have senatorial candidate who is an incumbent senator, Marvin Bladen, from the district of St. Thomas, St. John, joining us this morning. He's candidate number four. Good morning, Senator. Good morning. Good morning. Okay, good. Senator, tell me your take on where we are with respect to our our energy template and, and incorporate in your response recovery because a significant portion of our recovery monies are dedicated to hardening our energy infrastructure. What do you t what is your take from the, the 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 Senate floor vantage point as to where we are, where energy is concerned and our infrastructure recovery? Thank you for that question. And as you said I'm an incumbent so I must mention of course you know we passed bill number three four that's zero zero two one and three four that's zero zero two six which is act number eighty five seventy one and act number eighty five seventy two what which dealt with uh reforming uh, WAPA's board and restructuring the board and strengthening um, the regulatory power for the Public Service Commission. But in respect to um, the question you asked me, I believe move, moving forward, uh, we really need to uh, invest in renewable energy because as long as we deal with petroleum prices and the market, um, we are the mercy of the market. You know, So we, we need to have a, a mixed approach moment forward. And in terms of WAPA itself, they need to maximize their efficiency when it comes to their operation because I believe management plays a critical or vital role when it comes to WAPA and the way they're running the, um, the plant. And, of course, reliability is critical also because up to this morning, power was off in our territory in St. Thomas, St. John District. So we have major issues when it comes to the water power authority, but in terms of um, investment and development, it's a challenge because of the high cost of operating a business here, especially, as you said, in this district. Most businesses fall here, not because they can't afford to run a business, you know, but because half of the cost, you know, is energy. <laughs> you like bill. It's, 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 it's crazy. I had a business here for 10 plus years. You know, my son have a business right now, and the, the, the cost of energy is, 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 it is too high. So what I say is, in terms of the federal funds, moving forward, I know when it comes to the grid, They have the composite poles that are going to assist in terms of the resiliency when it comes to other storms and hurricanes. They have many other funding that deals with the plant in terms of the generators, etc. Um, that's much appreciated. 
But at the same time, you mentioned that, that bad deal, you know, that we, we, we got into. Despite everything we're doing that we continue to do, we're still going to be paying high costs when it comes to our energy because of that deal. In many instances, I believe they need to um, go back to the market and restructure the deal in terms of getting a lower interest rate or find creative ways of how we can actually drive down the cost of our payments when it comes to the deal. But nonetheless, um, it's a complex situation we have with um, our water power authority, and I believe management is the most important thing when it comes to us moving forward and finding our way out of this bad, bad, bad situation we find ourselves in. Let's let's so talk. Let, 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 let's talk to recovery. I ask this question all the time, in particular for those who are in the know. And you were actually a senator when we were impacted with Irma Maria in September two thousand seventeen. What's your take on recovery? Are we are we where we should be? And if not, why not? And um, you know, uh, can can we actually pick up the pace? And is there anything legislatively that the legislature is willing to do to assist in that to that end? Because as it stands right now, um, to the naked eye, where are we with respect to our recovery? Well, I honestly am not um, in the ground with them on a day-to-day basis. I believe that we have come a far away. Uh, of course, there's always room for improvement, you know. But nonetheless, um, I, I think we are doing much better than we were before, especially in terms of the outages, especially in terms of the response. Because with a little storm that passed through, Fiona that passed through, they really, I, I must give them um, um, their kudos in terms of their response and what they did at a, in a speedy manner. But nonetheless, uh, like I say, um, the generators are coming online. Um, not fast enough, as I feel. You know, but like I said, I'm not on the ground with them on a day-to-day basis. But in terms of the recovery itself, I believe um, that we have learned a lot. Uh, WAPA have learned a lot. Uh, they are doing much more training. Um, they're trying to uh, basically make sure the staff is certified and up to par. So I would say in terms of recovery, uh, like I said, I'm not, not my area of expertise and I'm not on the grind with them on a daily basis, but I can see from a, from a legislative standpoint, uh, there's room for improvement. I, I, I will just say that. And in terms of what we can do as a body, we have been doing much. We have been basically um, <laughs> giving them money on a regular basis to help them stay afloat and to keep the prices down when it comes to our constituents, the people of our territory. That's why we do it. That's the main reason why we do it. We don't want to put a burden, despite everything that's going on in our, in, our, in our community, on the people of the Virgin Islands. So we have been appropriating money on a regular basis for the Water and Power Authority. And that's why I stand with all that question. Well, well, let, well let me go to the, 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 the legislature. Um, the governor had, um, actually had called the legislature in the special session, not this legislature, but before that one time to make a payment because they had gotten a threatened from they got they gotten threatened um, by 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 Vital. Uh, oh, I think I yeah, 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 yeah. So, 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 since you went there, um, what about the actual relationship? Shouldn't there be a better relationship between the government, WAPA, and Vital, given how the government is? Um, and, and you know, when I say the government, I mean the people of the Virgin Islands. Here we are. We, we are we are subsidizing anywhere from thirty to forty percent of the the the, the 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 cost for WAPA to exist with respect to Vital. So, how about that? Um, sh- shouldn't there be some sensitivity to what we're dealing with here in the Virgin Islands? Of course, there should be some sensibility, but guess what? When it comes to some businesses, you understand, they're not corporate citizens because they're about the bottom line, the dollar. You see what I'm saying? And no matter how much you try to work with, you will try to work with certain individuals. If, if, if you are at their mercy, 
you, you have problems, you're going to have issues. You know what I'm saying? Major issues. So yes, I do agree in terms of communication and working with and having collaboration, but some companies, they don't, their, their collaboration is the dollar. That's the bottom line. Period. You know, I've seen it many times before, and it's unfortunate, but that, that's the way it is in this society. Well, well, well. Our, our, our bottom line, and uh, uh, now let me ask the question. So let me ask you this question: Should our bottom line be as a senator to make sure that the constituents and the people of the Virgin Islands are respected, and the quality of life uh, is not so exorbitant that they can't be comfortable living in their own homes? Of course, of course, definitely. And that's why I said we, as a body, many times when they make bad deals, and that's one of the worst deals I've ever seen. We. Stop the bleeding by doing what we have to do and what must be done on behalf of our people. That's what we do and that's why we're here. Okay, good, so good. Let, 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 let's talk education because I know that you have a, a, a I have been around you personally and um, the children gravitate to you. They like all they know is blading. They don't even know your first name. They know blading, right? Where are we with respect to infrastructure in particular? Or, I mean, education in particular as it relates to infrastructure and our curriculum. Oh boy, education and infrastructure. As you know, Neville, and we all know, most of our schools were damaged badly from the hurricanes. And the, the, the rebuilding and the recovery is, has taken some time because of many challenges when it comes to molds and everything else in between. And as a body, and in conjunction with my colleagues, we have been having discussion and hearing the Department of Education, and they, have, they still have challenges when it comes to the structures. As a matter of fact, as you know, when the school opened this year, many of them closed because of issues, but most of the issues were air conditioning. And when it comes to the repairs and maintenance of our school, you know, uh, there was a bill that came in front of us in terms of um, having a, a maintenance, a maintenance, I forgot the name of the, 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 the bill, but basically to have a maintenance repair on a regular basis, have a team that actually deals with that only, and they are not going to be based within the school, but they're going to be based within other area like it was a few years ago. But when it comes to the school and the maintenance, they need to have a maintenance plan on a regular basis. I believe they have put those in place now. They have maintenance plan, especially when they have contracts, when it comes to the ACs, etc. cetera, are sure that they are maintained on a regular basis, whereas we don't have to interrupt our students' learning. I believe when it comes to other structures in the school in terms of safety uh, until or unless the schools are rebuilt because you know many of the schools are damaged they are old uh, they're going to continue to have challenges until or unless they have routine maintenance being done on a regular basis when it's summer and school is closed I'm sure they have a team going there and do the work then and not wait for school to reopen in a month before to start to do the work they have to be creative and start really being serious about education and our kids learning and knowing that Maintenance plays a big role in terms of our kids' education because once the schools close, that's days of not, our kids not being educated. So until unless we get a mindset and we understand the importance of maintaining our schools and assuring that there are no lost days when it comes to our kids' learning, we're going to, have to, we're going to continue to have challenges um, with our students in terms of their learning and with um, the Department of Education as a whole. No, no, um... I know that uh, St. John, right, because on, on this particular show, we look out for St. John on this particular show. And I know that St. John, um, having worked with you, is near and dear with you. Whenever I think of St. John, I think of our environment. Where are we environmentally? Um, 
you sent me a picture one time of where we were during the pandemic when it dawned on you. Wait a minute, they got at least both um, <laughs> that here. On the fr- Did you send me the picture from the uh, from um, your your picture was Dongtong Shalatamali, right? Where we had yeah. all these boats, right? Because uh, Chris Benton, our engineer, he sent me the picture with all the boat them from over there, Megan B, Megan B, uh, Saint John. Um, you know, they got the property tax issue and all that stuff. But St. John is known for a very pristine environment. How do we mm-hmm. go about with a comprehensive land and water use plan to make sure that our environment is protected and, right. and, and we could remain attractive just based on our natural aesthetics? Thank you for that question. And <laughs> I laugh at yourself because I do remember that. And as a result of that, I brought a bill that basically um, forbids anchoring of boats on shoreline to protect or environment, you know, and basically we call it um, areas of particular concern, which is most of our beaches, etc. Limburg, Big, um, Cookie Point, dress up, you know, sun areas, sun beaches, etc. They can't really anchor the boats anymore. But DPNR, as a matter of fact, the last time they were in front of us, they are actually finally working on a land and water, a, a, a comprehensive land and water use plan because, as we know, and you worked there before, they're the experts. That's the area of expertise, I believe. They're the one. So that should be bringing it to us for approval, and they are, and they finally have done so. So they are working on it right now. The commissioner told us that. They are working on one that should be done shortly. So I really appreciate that because without a land and water use plan, we are just going to be doing spot zoning, and, and, and it's, it's a problem, you know. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. So I'm happy that they are finally working on one, and that's where we are when it comes to the land and water use plan that we have been hearing for decades. So finally, DPNI is doing their due diligence, and I'm looking forward to working with them and approving such plan so our future generations won't have these issues we are facing right now in terms of spot zoning and et cetera. Okay, good. Now, Senator, you know, you know, you and I, the public, the public, based on our conversation, they could, they could, they, they could, they could decipher, they could discern that you and I know each other and all that stuff. <laughs> I am going to ask you what may be, you know a controversial question, but I'm, I'm confident you can handle it. Is there anything you would have done differently? Since we're talking about COVID and, and what, we, what we were dealing with um, 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 based on repercussions with people having to uh, live here for three, four months because they couldn't go to Dong Island because the ports were closed and all that stuff. You had a personal matter that was COVID-19 related. I'm going to ask the question yeah. this way. Is there anything you would have done differently? in dealing with that matter that took place, I believe, around Labor Day in 2021? To be honest with you, it's not controversial. I'm glad you asked it because I really have not spoken about it in depth to anyone. But um, I'm going to give you the rest of the story, um, if you don't mind. When, when back then, when I was, um, I had a false positive, basically. You understand? I had a false positive at the time. And... I had some investors, as you know, I'm always bringing investors to buy Sugar Bay. And thank God Sugar Bay is sold right now. And I'm always thinking about my constituents. I had a, 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 three investors come in to, to go, go look at Sugar Bay with me and, you know, they wanted to buy it. And when I got the, the positive result, it was a tool, they believe. And it was coming on Saturday. So, uh, Sa- I got, Saturday, Saturday subsequent to the false positive or before? No, Saturday subsequent to the Tuesday. The, okay, the okay. Tuesday was, four, so, so four days later, the, the investors were slated to come to the territory. Yes, okay. exactly. Mm-hmm. And I tested negative. The same test, Neville, the same test. 
that the president gave everyone for free, the same tip that everyone is using right now, the same exact test, the same tip that the legislature used. I was tested negative three times before September 20th as I sort of invested. I was positive, but apparently I'm negative. Um, they said they still don't have a problem. I still meet because we wear a mask. We met, you know, um, we did what we had to do. And after that meeting, you know, they wanted to pass somewhere. We passed a half hour with our mask and then we left. The news was that I went to an outing, a party. I went to an investor's meeting. You see what I'm saying? But if I have to do it over again, to be honest with you, if I had to do it over again, the only thing I would do differently, to be honest with you, is have the investors um, uh, meet with probably someone from my staff or someone else. But that meeting, they already had a ticket. They were already here. And I, I wanted to assure that I created opportunity for my people. And maybe that's a, that's a, um, that's who I am. That's my DNA. I, I, I try my best to help people and make sure that I can do everything in my power to bring forth opportunities. But nonetheless, um, I should not have been out, <laughs> you know, because it is what it is. But, but it is clear I did not broke any law. As a matter of fact, the court, the case, um, never went anywhere. I'm good. I don't have anything pending. So God is good. You know what I'm saying? But if I had to do it over again, I would have someone else from myself or another senator meet with investors and go and do what they have to do. Because if, at the end of the day, honestly, it's not about me. It's about the people. Okay. And that's all I, I have to do. Okay? So, 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 so you're saying that uh, uh, in retrospect, you would have modified how you went about dealing with the investors? Of course. Of okay. course. Because okay. you, don't, you don't want to ever get yourself in situations like that because right is right and wrong is wrong. And I, I, I apologize. You know what I'm saying? I apologize and um, got my... <laughs> my punishment or whatever, and did what I had to do. But nonetheless, the point is the people know who I am. They know my heart, and I would never intentionally try to harm anyone in any way, shape, or form. Because that is not my motto. That is not who I am. That is not how I operate. And like I say, the people know me personally. I'm out there on a daily, and that is not in my character. You see what I'm saying? So I did not like how they tried to malign me, saying I, was, I went out to on a... Um, I went up positive to and I, um, to infect people. Why? Why would I do that? That's crazy. I was negative. I, I I I would be remiss if I didn't ask you that question here, and I and you know I you know how I, I, I even if you're paying me to ask the question, I got to do it because my audience expect me to be you know to to represent all of the issues in front of everybody, and I just wanted to ask that question to get it to get out of the way. And by the way, I wanted to know it looked like the guards were on your side because the same time that you were under suspension, we had the Omicron. <laughs> we had the Omicron virus, and it shut down the Virgin Islands. I don't know, you know what I mean? I, I, you know, I don't know if it was ironic or whatever, but it was what it was, and you know, um, we learn we learn from our experiences, right? That's the most important thing, right? And and, and definitely we. Are. We all are human. I'm human after all. I'm not perfect, but at the same time, I learn from my mistake and I move forward. Okay, and, we, 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 got, we got to move on. We got to take a break. Banking for your business. At Bank of St. Croix, our mobile apps provide access to business accounts on the go, and our merchant card services accept credit and debit payments anywhere, anytime. Plus, the online banking platform means your bank is always open. Bank of St. Croix has two locations one in Gallows Bay at 340-773-8500 and one in Peter's Rest at 340-713-8500. BankofStCroix.com Here's a fun fact for you. The average chameleon can point their eyes in two different directions. On the other hand, the average human can't. So unless you're a chameleon, 
there's absolutely no way you can focus on texting and driving at the same time. So don't do it, unless you're a chameleon. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Good morning, neighbor. I see you got your bumper stickers and your hat sign up, Paulie. Yes, I'm so ready for this election season. Me too. Just waiting for the info on the polling places and then ballots. What polling places? You mean voting centers? The election system is using voting centers this year, where you can go anywhere across the island, walk in, fill out a ballot. Just bring your ID. Really? Because my daughter lives in Tutu, but walk all the way by the airport and would try to run back home before the sun goes down to vote. Nope. You're no longer stuck to just your neighborhood on election day. Voting centers mean you can vote anywhere in your district. And the next time, try the early voting option too. Skip the line altogether on election day. Girl, you have all the good tips this year, man. So, who's going to win? Ha! Read my yard sign. Then pick any voting center. Just remember, voting is not just your right. It's, it's the, the right, right thing, thing to do. A message from the election system of the Virgin Islands. back here analyzes the candidate speak um the candidate today is um senator marvin blight and number four seeking a senatorial seat in the 35th legislature you've served four terms uh senator blight and talk about talk about what you believe makes you different in october 2020 than what you were in January of 2015 when you first took your oath of office and the experiences of being a senator that will allow for you to be a contributing member of the 35th legislature should you be given the consent of the governed? <laughs> that's an that's a interesting question. <laughs> um, I, I, when I came in, back in 2014, I came in, I hit the ground running. Uh, <laughs> I was much more shy then. I believe I'm much more um, mature in terms of uh, my responses. I'm not as shy as I used to be. Um, I always had it in me in terms of the passion, but my passion shines um, now uh, because my passion is real, you know, and, uh, and my love is evident. But nonetheless, as I stated, uh, I'm, a, I'm a grassroots candidate. Um, I love to be among the people. Uh, I stay in a community, so I'm, my head is always to the ground. I, I usually know what's going on. Um, they usually give me ideas. I, I turn most of my legislation. Neville, it comes from the people, you know. As I go out there and I, I am on the grind, I, I get very good feedback in terms of stuff that's going on. And I just come with my team. I have a great team. My staff is off the chain. We get together. You know, my boy Rudy do his research. I come the professor. He jumps on it, and we do what we got to do. You know. Um, but nonetheless, uh, I must say that what makes me different is I'm, I'm a community-oriented senator. Uh, I focus a lot also on advocating and outreach. Even though I'm a senator, I feel based on my position and, and my relationships, uh, I can get more done in terms of, uh, for instance, as you know, I usually do a lot of uh, outreach to the elders when it comes to distributions, etc. 
and I continue to do that. And I, I love doing it because I believe that's part of who I am. Uh, they said I come from humble beginnings. I'm 11 of 13 children, and we were always poor. So I always try to give back to those most in need uh, as I traverse uh, to this community. And that's a passion of mine. I just enjoy doing that. Anyone that works with me knows that is who I am, and they have to be able to actually be out there on the grind. As a matter of fact, we have several distribution coming, Neville, and we're coming to St. Croix also, believe it or not. <laughs> and I'll tell you more about that at another time. So we're going to be doing like St. Thomas this month, St. Croix next month. But we're coming to St. Croix in short order. And also we have a big, big, big um, Little League Day coming up November the 1st. And I'm going to talk some more about that another time too with many partners that we have in terms of giving all our Little Leaguers um, equipment, trophies, and we're going to have a fun day with the family, etc. So that is a big part of who I am and what I do for my office because I know we, de- we are here to make laws and, you know, pass a balance budget, etc. But I believe that another part of who I am in terms of giving back to the community with, with my relationships, and I, I really, really enjoy doing a public-private partnership. That's what I do. You, 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 you have been known as um, um, a senator who, who got a soft spot for people from the housing communities and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. Let, let, let yeah. me ask this question because this is a personal one. Me and my staff were talking about it over the weekend, and it became a topic at the uh, at the debate last night. Senator, we got twenty nine murders in the territory. Twenty two of them on Saint Croix, and a lot of the a, a, a lot of the, the, the those who are involved in these senseless crimes, we the touch them. Can we the be out there in, in in the community with our people with, with our people? Them. What's it like as a senator knowing? that we could pass all the legislation in the world. We really need more outreach programs to touch these children so they're not subjected to this to these harsh realities of life. Listen, no, and, and I'm happy you asked me that question because, as you say, I, I see myself as a whole day man. I've been here for 21 plus years, and I, I, I lived in there in terms of I'll go there from 7, 6.37, walk around, no going on, leave there late at night, every day, with two, two weekends. And you know what I did when I was in one? I'm going to give a quick story in Tutu High Rise and Harris Court. You know what I did when I went to both of those communities? The first thing I did was went on a tough, talk to the man, the man, the black kid. Brother, okay, now let me walk, bam, 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 bam. Like, really? Okay, no problem. I went back to the Southern Saudi. You know what I'm saying? Whereas we had a program, college section three program, where residents can actually work in the, in the community. And I brought, I tell them, meet me in the center. We went in the center, I meet him. Well, I said, you know, everybody, each of you know, them. Everybody can't work the same time because we don't be no fun, but everybody's going to get a chance. You're going to be on and off. Do you understand what you to do? Don't smoke before you come to work. You do what you want at night, that's your business. Do not smoke on the job. Do your work. Prove to them that you're worthy, that you can feed your family. Man, never the best thing I ever did. You know why? All the men come to work, and, and many of them are excellent skilled men. But many of them had records, et cetera, so they couldn't get jobs. And when you give a person an opportunity to feed a family legally, you can accomplish much. And because of those programs, the crime went all the way down. You couldn't see no graffiti in my hood, in my community. And guess what? I, I know it worked. And that's why I've been putting forward legislation to assist individuals in terms of, you know, giving them second chances. We have been doing that a lot in the 33rd and 34th legislature because what you do in the past happened. It ain't nothing you can do about it, but you can always change. And you always want to do better. And if you, you're either going to give me a chance to be part of the community or I'm going to continue to be a menace. So guess what? We must create laws and legislation that deal with prevention and second chances. And that's why I'm proud 
to introduce that I have a bill um, that's going through the process right now in terms of um, skill center and CPE courses. The free tuition that bill that we pass, there's, there's always a lot of funds left over and it's unfair for individuals who don't want to go to college but still want to, to get a skill, a certification, you know. So what we did is uh, amend that law where folks can go to skill centers, etc., and get a training and get a skill for free to include those that fell by the wayside, those that are speaking of that dropped out. You see what I'm saying? Those who got in trouble when they were younger. But at the same time, they're part of this community. So until or unless we understand that, we ain't getting nowhere. Because we don't make guns in the Virgin Islands, but they get here. And they're going to do what they got to do by any means necessary to survive. So until we create pathways and give them opportunities and create level playing fields, we're waiting on what we're wasting our time. So I, I am happy that I brought up it. I know all my colleagues are going to support it, and I know many of them are going to sign on because it makes sense. It's common sense. So that's the way we have to move forward. Prevention, our old, our parents told us, Neville, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, right yeah. or wrong? No, you are. No, you're correct. You're, you're correct in that, and you're, you're taking a, you basically say, I want to make sure I, 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 I process what you said. You're in the, in the prevention mode as opposed to legislating after the fact mode. That's what you're saying? Exactly, and it saved a lot of money and time and energy. Okay, good, good. Um, Senator, closing remarks. Tell the public who you are, your number, why they should re why they should consider you during this early voting window and on November the 8th to be one of seven from the District of St. Thomas, St. John, to be a member of the 35th Legislature convening in January 2023. Well, again, I want to thank you so much for giving me an opportunity to be on your show. I mean, you have a very popular show. You know, you have a, la a large listening audience, audience, and I thank you for that, and I really appreciate you, and I appreciate the work you continue to do, despite not being in the body. But nonetheless, um, again, my name is Marvin Blyden, number four on your ballot in this election beginning, began Monday the 8th and, and end November the 8th. I am uh, asking you for your support based on my passion for the people of the territory, my legislations. And my body of work, I work well with all of my colleagues. You know, I, I, I go above and beyond, in my opinion, to do advocacy and outreach because I understand the daily and the vexing issues that we face in the territory. And I try to work with all of my colleagues and all stakeholders in terms of coming together to make life better for us all here in the territory. Again, I ask for your prayers, your con continued constructive criticism, and most importantly, your vote. Um, in this election, I'm number four getting your ballot, and thank you so much. And I really appreciate you guys. God bless you, United States Virgin Islands. God bless us all. Thank Th you, Neville. Thank you very much, candidate number four, Senator Marvin Bladen, incumbent senator from the district of St. Thomas, St. John, seeking a seat in the 35th legislature for joining us this morning on Candidate Speak. We appreciate you making some time to join us, sir. Thank you. Stay blessed. You got to tell Rudy, tell Rudy I said, hey, up, man. And tell, and tell him, right? Tell him, uh, as much as he believes he's this great researcher, tell him tell to know he plays and stay there. Don't just know he plays. Know he plays and stay there. That's the key. Okay? I know. I know. He like me quite a music. I like that. I know that. Sir. Thanks a lot, Senator. Uh, and, exactly. good, and, and good luck um, throughout the remainder of the campaign like everyone else. Okay? Thanks a lot. Um, that, that's candidate number four, Senator Marvin Bladen, uh, joining us uh, this morning here on the Candidate Speak. We went to with Double Dip. Summer, I missed you, baby. But I know you are you representing you representing yourself well at the She Conference um, that we actually had a chance to preview 
uh, a couple of weeks ago with commissioners uh, Justatita Encarnacion from the Department of Health and Kimberly Kazi Gomez from the Department of Human Services. Yeah, we had a great show today. That's right, I had to incorporate a little Milo in the middle there. How you want me to come? I still ain't got nobody text me to tell me who that lead singer was for Milo back in the day or no? Kaiser. Kaiser Carwood. Mr. Chairman of the board. Call mommy and ask mommy if she know who the lead singer for Milo them was back in the day. That's check. We know who the other musician them. I know um I know Tobago used to sing with them, but that ain't Tobago. I don't believe that's Tobago voice I hear in there from that 1981 jam. Um, how you want me to come? You check and they had other man like Caggins and Pepsi and all them and uh, but tell me some names but and of course Dr. Sachs. You check a featured uh, musician with me, Lord and the King. So we were getting prep. Next week we gonna do Wadabli. And I know, I know uh, by the way, Kaiser, I know mommy like that big tune from Wadabli. This one is for Milo. You check. So um we're gonna do Wadabli next week. Um St. Clair da Silva, the late great St. Clair da Silva, one of the great musicians out of St. Thomas St. John. We're gonna feature him next week at some point. Right, so so that's what we got. But like I said, I want you know, let it the 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 um. Oh, I've been getting text messages. Right, I got one from one of my people them, and they say, you know, the the candidates don't feel so comfortable in your show, <clears throat> right? And um, here is how I want to respond to that. Right, of course, you know, WTJX FM is an NPR station. So right off the top, right, we're not into um, bringing on guests who we want to have some confrontational discussion with. Cause we want we try our best to be solutions oriented, but at the same time, yours truly, having been an elected official, knowing what it's like, right, to be the target of malicious people. The butt of jokes, the butt of innuendo, speculation, conjecture, melee, untruths. Um, I believe that I have an obligation, having experienced that, to make sure that the level, the, the playing field, right, the discussion platform is as, as smooth as ever so that the listening audience could process what they are saying. I am not in any competition with with my with my um, guests. There, there there are certain hosts who want to keep showing off. I want to get them to know that they are that and awesome. I, I ain't I ain't getting into that. I really want to bring out the best in all of the candidates because I'm having this conversation with with with, with um, Raymond James, a pollster. Uh, and uh, um, earlier this weekend, I said, you know, Ray, <clears throat> I'm not into who wins elections anymore. I'm in the business of the Virgin Islands winning. Right? Because we've been losing for too long. I listened to Devin Carrington this morning. He made a profound statement. When, he, when I asked him about our healthcare system, he said, our healthcare system is sick. That, that to me, you know, when you're hearing a candidate be as direct and candid like that about something, and, and he said, so how can you expect something that's ailing 
to provide for those who are ailing. That is unfortunate. You know, and those are the things that we want and you as an audience deserve. We want candor. We don't want political spin. And you heard me speaking about that earlier. It's annoying. And we ain't having it. Yeah. And, you know, the candidates, they know that, you know, because I've been there, you know, don't believe you're going to really say these things and we're not going to counter them, you know, you know, because it ain't happening. Jack, and we're big on facts, you know, and data and all that stuff and proper context as well, right? Uh, that GRS issue that we're hearing about and all that, you know, don't let timing, the timing of actions ignore the realities. And, you know, I will always be indebted to, to Joanne Luciano when she said, when she said to me right here on this show, you know, her professor told her that data, and it ain't just apply to data, everything is really what he, what he should say, without proper context, has no meaning. And we need to learn to contextualize things a little bit better as a people. I ain't saying hypothetic, I far from it. But processing things in its proper context will allow for us to better understand why certain things happen, you know, and all that stuff. And that's what we do here. Your check. So I'm glad uh, we had the double dip today. Two more senators done. We got a list of them. Uh, we're looking forward to speaking uh, with some more senators uh, next week. The governor and Lieutenant Governor Roach, Governor Brian, Lieutenant Governor Roach is supposed to be on next Thursday from in the 9 o'clock hour. So we're looking forward to that discussion as well. That will wrap up the four gubernatorial teams and all that good stuff. Okay, so thanks for listening. Appreciate you. Keep sending those text messages and questions um, because, you know, I've always said you're the strength of our show. Be good. Be safe. Talk to you next week. The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. Veterans, whatever you're going through, don't wait. Reach out. Find resources at va.gov slash reach. That's va.gov slash reach. Brought to you by the United States Department of Veterans Affairs and the Ad Council. To protect his home and family from disaster, Steve used courage, wisdom, and his camera phone. That should do it. Way to go, Steve! By simply taking digital pictures of his family's important documents, Steve can always have them stored safely online, no matter when disaster strikes. Learn other simple ways to protect your home and family before a natural disaster at ready.gov. That's ready.gov. A message from FEMA and the Ad Council. Hey, son, how are you feeling? Uh, I'm fine, Pops. What's on your mind? I just, I can't explain it. When your kid can't find the language, find the lyrics. Start a conversation at SoundItOutTogether.org. Brought to you by Ed Council and Pivotal Ventures.